November Part Two of the Diary of Samuel Pepys, sixteen sixty-three. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicole Lee. The Diary of Samuel Pepys, sixteen sixty-three, by Samuel Pepys. November sixteen sixty-three, Part Two. Twenty-second Lord's Day. Up pretty early, and having last night bespoke a coach which failed me this morning. I walked as far as the temple, and there took coach, and to my lord's lodgings, whom I found ready to go to chapel. But I coming, he begun, with a very serious countenance, to tell me that he had received my late letter, wherein first he took notice of my care for him and his honour, and did give me thanks for that part of it where I say that, from my heart, I believe the contrary of what I do there relate to be the discourse of others. But since I intended it not a reproach, but matter of information, and for him to make a judgment of it for his practice, it was necessary for me to tell him the persons of whom I have gathered the several particulars which I there insist on. I would have made excuses in it, but seeing him so earnest in it, I found myself forced to it, and so did tell him Mr. Pierce, the surgeon, in that of his lordship's living being discoursed of at court, a maid-servant that I kept, that lived at Chelsea School, and also Mr. Pickering, about the report touching the young woman, and also Mr. Hunt, in Axiard, near whom she lodged. I told him the whole city do discourse concerning his neglect of business, and so I many times asserting my dutiful intention in all this, and he owning his accepting of it as such. That that troubled me most in particular is that he did there assert the civility of the people of the house, and the young gentlewoman, for whose reproach he was sorry. His saying that he was resolved how to live, and that though he was taking a house meaning to live in another manner, yet it was not to please any people, or to stop report, but to please himself, though this I do believe he might say that he might not seem to me to be so much wrought upon by what I have writ, and lastly and most of all when i spoke of the tenderness that i have used in declaring this to him there being nobody privy to it he told me that i must give him leave to accept one i told him that possibly somebody might know of some thoughts of mine i having borrowed some intelligence in this matter from them but nobody could say they knew of the thing itself what i writ this i confess however do trouble me for that he seemed to speak it as a quick retort and it must sure be will howe who did not see anything of what i writ though i told him indeed that i would write but in this i think there is no great hurt I find him, though he cannot but own his opinion of my good intentions, and so he did again and again profess it, that he is troubled in his mind at it, and I confess I think I may have done myself an injury for his good, which, were to do again, and that I believed he would take it no better, I think I should sit quietly without taking any notice of it, for I doubt there is no medium between his taking it very well, or very ill. I could not forbear weeping before him at the latter end, which, since, I am ashamed of, though I cannot see what he can take it to proceed from but my tenderness and good will to him. After this discourse was ended, he began to talk very cheerfully of other things, and I walked with him to Whitehall, and we discoursed of the pictures in the gallery, which it may be he might do out of policy, that the boy might not see any strangeness in him. But I rather think that his mind was somewhat eased, and hope that he will be to me as he was before. But, however, I doubt not when he sees that I follow my business and become an honour to him, and not to be like to need him or to be a burden to him, and rather able to serve him than to need him, and if he do continue to follow business, and so come to his right wits again, I do not doubt but he will then consider my faithfulness to him, and esteem me as he ought. At chapel I had room in the privy seal pew with other gentlemen, and there heard Dr. Killigrew preach, but my mind was so I know not whether troubled, or only full of thoughts, of what had passed between my lord and me, that I could not mind it, nor can at this hour remember three words. The anthem was good after sermon, being the fifty-first psalm, made for five voices by one of Captain Cook's boys, a pretty boy, and they say there are four or five of them that can do as much. 
and here i first perceived that the king is a little musical and kept good time with his hand all along the anthem up into the gallery after sermon and there i met creed we saluted one another and spoke but not one word of what had passed yesterday between us but told me he was forced to such a place to dinner and so we parted here i met mr povey who tells me how tangier had liked to have been betrayed and that one of the king's officers is come to whom eight thousand pieces of eight were offered for his part hence i to the king's head ordinary and there dined good and much company and a good dinner most of their discourse was about hunting in a dialect i understand very little thence by coach to our own church and there my mind being yet unsettled i could mind nothing and after sermon home and there told my wife what had passed and thence to my office where doing business only to keep my mind employed till late and so home to supper to prayers and to bed twenty-third up and to alderman backwell's where sir w rider by appointment met us to consult about the insuring of our hemp-ship from archangel in which we are all much concerned by my lord treasurer's command that being put in a way i went to mr beecham one of our jury to confer with him about our business with field at our trial to-morrow and thence to st paul's churchyard and there bespoke rushworth's collections and scobel's acts of the long parliament etc which i will make the king pay for as to the office and so i do not break my vow at all back to the coffee-house and then to the change where sir w rider and i did bid fifteen per cent and nobody will take it under twenty per cent and the lowest was fifteen per cent premium and fifteen more to be abated in case of loss which we did not think fit without order to give and so we parted and i home to a speedy though too good a dinner to eat alone viz a good goose and a rare piece of roast beef thence to the temple but being there too soon and meeting mr moore i took him up and to my lord treasurer's and thence to sir phil warwick's where i found him and did desire his advice who left me to do what i thought fit in this business of the insurance and so back again to the temple all the way telling mr moore what had passed between my lord and me yesterday and indeed my fears to grow that my lord will not reform as i hoped he would nor have the ingenuity to take my advice as he ought kindly but however i am satisfied that the one person whom he said he would take leave to accept is not mr moore and so w howe i am sure could tell him nothing of my letter that ever he saw it here mr moore and i parted and i up to the speaker's chamber and there met mr coventry by appointment to discourse about field's business and thence we parting i homewards and called at the coffee-house and there by great accident hear that a letter has come that our ship is safe come to newcastle with this news i went like an ass presently to alderman backwell and told him of it and he and i went to the african house in broad street to have spoke with sir w rider to tell him of it but missed him now what an opportunity had i to have concealed this and seemed to have made an insurance and got one hundred pounds with the least trouble and danger in the whole world this troubles me to think i should be so over soon so back again with alderman backwell talking of the new money which he says will never be counterfeited he believes but it is deadly inconvenient for telling it is so thick and the edges are made to turn up i found him as full of business and to speak the truth he is a very painful man and ever was and nowadays is well paid for it so home and to my office doing business late in order to the getting a little money and so home to supper and to bed twenty-fourth up and to the office where we sat all the morning and at noon to the change where everybody joyed me in our hemp ships coming safe and it seems one man middleborough did give twenty per cent in gold last night three or four minutes before the news came of her being safe thence with mr dean home and dined and after dinner and a good deal of discourse of the business of woolwich yard we opened his draught of a ship which he has made for me and indeed it is a most excellent one and that that i hope will be of good use to me as soon as i get a little time and much indebted i am to the poor man toward night i by coach to whitehall to the tangier committee 
and there spoke with my lord, and he seems mighty kind to me, but I will try him to-morrow by a visit to see whether he holds it or no. Then home by coach again, and to my office, where late with Captain Miners about the East India business. So home to supper and to bed, being troubled to find myself so bound as I am, notwithstanding all the physic that I take. This day our trial was with Field, and I hear that they have given him twenty-nine pounds damage more, which is a strange thing, but yet not so much as formerly, nor as I was afeard of. 25th. Up and to Sir G. Carteret's house, and with him by coach to Whitehall. He uses me mighty well, to my great joy, and in our discourse took occasion to tell me that, as I did desire of him the other day, so he desires of me the same favour, that we may tell one another at any time anything that passes among us at the office or elsewhere, wherein we are either dissatisfied one with another, and that I should find him in all things as kind and ready to serve me as my own brother. This, methinks, was very sudden, and extraordinary, and do please me mightily, and I am resolved by no means ever to lose him again if I can. He told me that he did still observe my care for the King's service in my office. He sent me down in Fleet Street, and thence I by another coach to my Lord Sandwich's, and there I did present him Mr. Barlow's Torella, with which he was very much pleased, and he did show me great kindness, and by other discourse I have reason to think that he is not at all, as I feared he would be, discontented against me more than the trouble of the thing will work upon him. I left him in good humour, and I to Whitehall, to the Duke of York, and Mr. Coventry, and there advised about insuring the Hempship at twelve per cent, notwithstanding her being come to Newcastle, and I do hope that in all my three places, which are now my hopes and supports, I may not now fear anything but with care, which, through the Lord's blessing, I will never more neglect. I don't doubt but to keep myself up with them all. For in the Duke and Mr. Coventry, my Lord Sandwich, and Sir G. Carteret, I place my greatest hopes, and it pleased me yesterday that Mr. Coventry in the coach, he carrying me to the exchange at noon from the office, did, speaking of Sir W. Batten, say that though there was a difference between them, yet he would embrace any good motion of Sir W. Batten to the King's advantage, as well as of Mr. Pepys or any friend he had, and when I taught that I would go about doing something of the controller's work when I had time, and that I thought the controller would not take it ill, he wittily replied that there was nothing in the world so hateful as a dog in the manger. Back by coach to the exchange, there spoke with Sir W. Ryder about insuring, and spoke with several other persons about business, and shall become pretty well known quickly. Thence home to dinner with my poor wife, and with great joy to my office, and there all the afternoon about business, and among others Mr. Bland came to me, and had good discourse, and he has chose me a referee for him in a business, and anon in the evening comes Sir W. Warren, and he and I had admirable discourse. He advised me in things I desired about bummery, and other ways of putting out money, as in parts of ships, how dangerous they are, and lastly fell to talk of the Dutch management of the navy, and I think will help me to some accounts of things of the Dutch admiralty, which I am mighty desirous to know. He seemed to have been mighty privy with my Lord Albemarle in things before this great turn, and to the King's dallying with him and others for some years before, but I doubt all was not very true. However, his discourse is very useful in general, though he would seem a little more than ordinary in this. Late at night home to supper and to bed, my mind in good ease all but my health, of which I am not a little doubtful. 26. Up and to the office, where we sat all the morning, and at noon I to the change, and there met with Mr. Cutler the merchant, who would needs have me home to his house by the Dutch church, and there in an old but good house, with his wife and mother, a couple of plain old women, I dined a good plain dinner, and his discourse after dinner with me upon matters of the navy victualling, very good and worth my hearing, and so home to my office in the afternoon with my mind full of business, and there at it late, and so home to supper to my poor wife, and to bed, myself being in a little pain, by a stroke in pulling up my breeches yesterday over eagerly, 
but I will lay nothing to it till I see whether it will cease of itself or no. The plague, it seems, grows more and more at Amsterdam, and we are going upon making of all ships coming from thence and Hambra, or any other infected places, to perform their quarantine, for thirty days, as Sir Richard Brown expressed it in the order of the council, contrary to the import of the word, though in the general acceptation it signifies now the thing, not the time spent in doing it, in Holehaven, a thing never done by us before. 27th. Up and to my office, where busy with great delight all the morning, and at noon to the change, and so home to dinner with my poor wife, and with great content to my office again, and there hard at work upon stating the account of the freights due to the king from the East India Company till late at night, and so home to supper and to bed. My wife mightily pleased with my late discourse of getting a trip over to Calais, or some other port of France, the next summer, in one of the yachts, and I believe I shall do it, and it makes good sport that my maid Jane dares not go, and Bess is wild to go, and is mad for joy, but yet will be willing to say, if Jane hath a mind, which is the best temper in this and all other things that ever I knew in my life. 28th. Up and at the office, sat all the morning, and at noon, by Mr. Coventry's coach, to the change, and after a little while there, where I met with Mr. Pierce, the surgeon, who tells me for good news that my Lord Sandwich is resolved to go no more to Chelsea, and told me he believed that I had been giving my Lord some counsel, which I neither denied nor affirmed, but seemed glad with him that he went thither no more, and so I home to dinner, and thence abroad to Paul's churchyard, and there looked upon the second part of Hudibras, which I buy not, but borrow to read, to see if it be as good as the first, which the world cry so mightily up, though it hath not a good liking in me, though I had tried by twice or three times reading to bring myself to think it witty. Back again home and to my office, and there late doing business, and so home to supper and to bed. I have been told two or three times, but to-day for certain I am told how in Holland publicly they have pictured our king with reproach. One way is with his pockets turned the wrong side outward, hanging out empty, another with two courtiers picking off his pockets, and a third leading of two ladies while others abuse him, which amounts to great contempt. 29th. Lord's Day. This morning I put on my best black cloth suit, trimmed with scarlet ribbon, very neat, with my cloak lined with velvet, and a new beaver, which altogether is very noble, with my black silk knit cannons I bought a month ago. I to church alone, my wife not going, and there I found my lady Batten in a velvet gown, which vexed me, that she should be in it before my wife, or that I am able to put her into one. But what cannot be, cannot be. However, when I came home I told my wife of it, and to see my weakness, I could on the sudden have found my heart to have offered her one, but second thoughts put it by, and indeed it would undo me to think of doing as Sir W. Batten and his lady do, who has a good estate besides his office. A good dinner we had of Berf mode, but not roasted so well as my wife used to do it. So after dinner I to the French church, but that being too far begun, I came back to St. Dunstan's by six and heard a good sermon, and so home into my office all the evening making up my accounts of this month. And blessed be God I have got up my crumb again to seven hundred and seventy pounds, the most that ever I had yet, and good clothes a great many besides, which is a great mercy of God to me. So home to supper and to bed. 30th. Was called up by a messenger from Sir W. Penn to go with him by coach to Whitehall. So I got up and went with him, and by the way he began to observe to me some unkind dealing of mine to him a week or two since at the table, like a coxcomb, when I answered him pretty freely that I would not think myself to owe any man the service to do this or that, because they would have it so. It was about taking of a mulct upon a purser for not keeping guard at Chatham when I was there. So he talked and I talked, and let fall the discourse without giving or receiving any great satisfaction, and so to other discourse, but I shall know him still for a false knave. 
at whitehall we met the duke in the matted gallery and there he discoursed with us and by and by my lord sandwich came and stood by and talked but it being st andrew's and a holiday he went to the chapel and we parted from him and sir w pen and i back again and light at the change and to the coffee-house where i heard the best story of a cheat intended by a master of a ship who had borrowed twice his money upon the bottomry and as much more insured upon his ship and goods as they were worth and then would have cast her away upon the coast of france and there left her refusing any pilot which was offered him and so the governor of the place took her and sent her over hither to find an owner and so the ship is come safe and goods and all they all worth five hundred pounds and he had one way or other taken three thousand pounds the cause is to be tried to-morrow at guildhall where i intend to be thence home to dinner and then with my wife to her arithmetic in the evening came w howe to see me who tells me that my lord hath been angry three or four days with him would not speak to him at last did and charged him with having spoken to me about what he had observed concerning his lordship which w howe denying stoutly he was well at ease and continues very quiet and is removing from chelsea as fast as he can but methinks both by my lord's looks upon me to-day or it may be it is only my doubtfulness and by w howe's discourse my lord is not very well pleased nor it may be will be a good while which vexes me but i hope all will over in time or else i am but ill rewarded for my good service anon he and i to the temple and there parted and i to my cousin roger pepys whom i met going to his chamber he was in haste and to go out of town to-morrow he tells me of a letter from my father which he will keep to read to me at his coming to town again i perceive it is about my father's jealousies concerning my wife's doing ill offices with me against him only from the differences they had when she was there which he very unwisely continues to have and troubles himself and friends about to speak to me in as my lord sandwich mr moore and my cousin roger which vexes me but i must impute it to his age and care for my mother and paul and so let it go after a little discourse with him i took coach and home calling upon my booksellers for two books rushworth's and scoble's collections i shall make the king pay for them the first i spent some time at the office to read and it is an excellent book so home and spent the evening with my wife in arithmetic and so to supper and to bed i end this month with my mind in good condition for anything else but my unhappy adventuring to disoblige my lord by doing him service in representing to him the discourse of the world concerning him and his affairs End of November, part two.